0: Hello and welcome to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. My name is John, your host, and I'm joined with my co-host, Alex Lynch. How's it going, Alex? Doing good, bud.
1: How's it going with you once again?
0: Yeah, you know, just uh finished moving out to Pittsburgh, so I'm gonna be doing double duty between here and the east coast. I call it the East Coast, even though I'm basically still on the Eastern Seaboard. But um, yeah, we had an exciting week, and today
2: we're actually joined by a secret guest, Hunter Confer. How's it going, Hunter? Hey, it's good, guys. Thanks for uh, letting me join your podcast today. It's a it's an honor. I listen every week. Yeah, well, he's a loyal listener. He just uh, we literally
0: just asked him five minutes ago. Not even maybe maybe like two or three minutes. Um, yes. So, Hunter, I hope you're at least a little pre- bit prepared. And have a little bit of an idea of what went on this week, um, but anyway, let's just jump right into it. Alex, what do you? What topic do you want to start on?
1: I think we should probably just start with like what actually happened in the race, considering what happened to the four car and the eighteen car primarily. So Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. Um, for those who did not were not able to watch the full race, Kevin Harvick had some. Fire troubles with his car, and the car caught on fire in the middle of the race, and he had to get out, ruining his day. And Kyle Busch, I've never seen this happen before in my life, and I've been watching NASCAR since, I don't know, I was like five or six years old. I'm 24 now. I've never seen a car blow an engine under caution. They're running like 60 miles an hour, right? 80 miles an hour, whatever caution speed is. I don't know what it is at Darlington. And they're running at that speed and kyle bush is just like all right car's blown up my day's over and helped me out in fantasy a ton but it's not <laughs> fun for the viewer to see all of these playoff cars just get taken out from something that nascar really needs to focus on um and they've been obviously they're making changes already there were a couple tweets from bob and other guys that already showed <clears throat> what they're trying to do but I don't know. I think it's unacceptable for me to see this stuff happen in the very first playoff race. You should have been able to test the next gen car at some point to be like, why was there certain rubber getting under the car and causing all this fire damage to make the cars blow up? You should have been able to do that at a very high tire wear track with all the rubber on the track. So, I don't know. It's very tough. I'll raise the question. You guys have should have NASCAR done a better research, and do you think they're kind of doing a better job at at least trying to fix a situation for next week's race at Kansas.
0: So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to digest here because there was a lot of different issues on track with different um, teams in the playoffs, which on my end, if you're, if you're a fan of those drivers yeah, it sucked for me being a Denny Hamlin fan, I absolutely loved it. I love seeing everyone go down a little bit. Um, and now Denny Hamlin's third, the playoff standings with 30 points above the cut line. So um, that's a pretty comfortable cushion for him. But, you know, back to the issues, um, the Kyle Bush one was a weird one. I, like, I did they did they say what exactly caused that engine expiration for who Kyle Bush?
1: Yeah. I actually never saw an update on it, so I'm just going to go into the assumption that it's the same thing that happened to Harvick, where he just had a ton of rubber get caught up in the car in some capacity and it just started catching on fire at some point, so I'm not sure. I saw some
0: speculation that he might have missed a shift. Hunter, Hunter, what do you think happened with the 18 car there?
2: Yeah, no, I I think I agree there with you. Um, I think Bob <clears throat> Bob was the one that tweeted that um, that it looked like he might have missed a sh- uh, a shift. Um, they never really came out and said anything, so I kind of believe maybe that was NASCAR's fault that they're not testing the cars properly and they kind of know they're at fault, so they're not trying to come out and tell everybody, oh, like this is what happened to the eighteen because it's possibly their fault. Um, I think they're trying. I think they're trying to do a a better job. Um, they've already come out with NASCAR Kansas for next week. Um, They're trying to do different things with the car. So I think they're trying, um, but it should have never got to this point midway through the playoffs. That should have been done way before the season even started, in my opinion.
0: And, you know, that's a great point. Um, Scott Miller actually came out today and he actually mentioned that, or it might've even been yesterday. I'm losing track of my days, but um, he mentioned that the number four car fire was basically unacceptable. Um, And so that they are looking into how to fix that in the future. Um, So at least NASCAR finally accepted fault for something.
1: Um, Do you think them raising, like, accepting fault was because... Let's be honest, when's the last time a driver's actually been vocal in a post-race interview, like, right after an incident happened? Kevin Harvick's, like, the first guy to do it in, like, a year and a half. The drivers have been so timid and not said anything, and the second Harvick, like, really grinds NASCAR's gears a bit and calls the cars, like, pieces of crap and pieces of junk and then goes "We're racing the same thing every week and all this stuff keeps happening. Once the driver finally came out, <clears throat> their competition team finally went, all right, yeah, we were at fault. Here's what we're going to try and fix for next week's race. So I don't know if it's a direct comparison to these two events happening, but I think it's a good step for, like, maybe drivers can see they can actually voice their opinion a little bit to actually get a response from NASCAR.
0: Speaking of voicing an opinion, um, we talked about this a lot last week, and I don't mean to bring it up again, but funny enough, right after we put out our podcast last week, NASCAR actually put out a statement um, saying that, that the drivers were feeling the wrecks more because they were wrecking at higher speeds and at different angles. Funny enough, Kyle Busch and Kevin Hark were two of those drivers that actually disputed that claim and said it didn't make any sense what they were saying. Um, yeah. We actually talked about that on our Twitter, but <clears> – <throat> um it's funny that they're the two that encountered issues i'm not saying there's anything going on there but um,
1: just, <laughs> just, a funny, on. just funny just yeah. funny that the karma comes around to them or something or nascar is silently NASCAR sabotaging gods. obviously they're not sabotaging right but I mean, it I is still for. it is still nice to see um nascar at least try to do changes like i don't know if many people have been caught up with the changes but they're trying to make it so that the upper surface of the rocker box and the inside of the cover panels for the exhaust has a little more like beef to it. So that way it's not as easy for rubber to essentially get thrown up into those spots that can then cause overheating. Um, so I think it's a good thing they're doing that. It's just hilarious that it happens to the two people that were very vocal to begin with. I was very upset with Kyle Busch. I was so ready for him to just let NASCAR hear it after his engine blows. And he was just like eh it is what it is we had a fast car we'll move on to next week i'm like this is not the Kyle Bush i remember yeah, i yeah. need him to get angry like i need him to pull a full Harvick and just just start letting it rip against them dude i don't know I, what else to do
0: i think he's a little bit tame too just cuz he's looking for a ride still uh, and he probably doesn't want to piss off any playmakers right now yeah that's um, true. but there have been speaking of Kyle Bush and You know, we're going to talk about Kyle Busch a lot here because there's a lot going on. He's actually been – apparently, he's close to making a decision. We've been hearing that for weeks now. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have my feeling that he's going to be in the 45 car. I could be wrong. Hunter, where do you think he's going to end up next year?
2: Personally, I I would love to see him back in the 18. Um, I just don't know if I could see him driving anywhere else. Um, I don't know if that's just – I've always seen him in the 18 so um it would be weird to to see him move but I I could see the 45. I really could. I could see Kurt hanging it up after this season after the concussion um him not being out for so long. Um I, I could see it and then but I don't, I just don't know if if I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can convince myself to see him <laughs> in that 45. Um yeah. so it I would love to see him in the 18. I'd love to, to stay with Joe Gibbs. Um, long 10-year driver there. I think the the best move, if he can make it, to, to stay with the 18. And I'm kind of in the same
1: assumption as I like to just be like, since it's already been somewhat of, it hasn't really been that much of a silly season yet. The only thing that's really happened is Tyler Reddick being announced to be a 2311, not next year, but in 2024. And I feel like that kind of complicates kyle bush even going to twenty three eleven unless they get the third charter you know it's not a guarantee that they can get the third car into that aspect i think they are going to get it but it's not a guarantee they even had troubles actually getting kurt's charter i believe when they first announced that they actually had some problems actually getting the paperwork and everything set up and making sure they actually had it so i don't think it's a guarantee for them to even get it because now you're in a situation of tyler Reddick has to come in in 2024 Bubba wallace has already signed an extension so is Kyle Bush going to take just a one-year deal at 2311 and then just see where he goes after that? I don't think that's the case unless they can actually set themselves up for a three-car team. And I don't know if they want to commit to that unless they already have the three-car team. That could be behind the scenes already. That could be something that's already been done, right? We have no idea what goes behind the scenes. I'm under the opinion that Kyle Busch is, already has a deal and it's been done for weeks and they're just waiting to announce it. I think wow. he has I think he has something done already because the whole demeanor he had, especially after that race interview of his engine blowing, that kind of like solidified it in my own thoughts of just like he has a deal. He's just like waiting for like that to be his next big announcement and he doesn't want to rustle feathers to just please everybody. And where I think he's going is um I think he's staying with Joe Gibbs. I don't know what sponsorship they're gonna pull, but I think he stays with Joe Gibbs in some capacity to at least stay there for a little bit and then get Ty Gibbs eventually into 2311's third car, which will then, once they have the guarantee for that, that's where Ty Gibbs goes.
0: I I just have a really hard time agreeing with you there. I I think he'll be in a Toyota, but...
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's also important to note like what Adam Stern said earlier this week on his Twitter. He did say that his reports for RCR Racing is... One of the favorites to land, Kyle Busch, which would be hilarious for NASCAR, Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram to give <laughs> Kyle Busch the three car. They would lose it on Facebook. Move Austin Dillon over to the eight and put Kyle Busch in the three. Oh, my God. That would never happen. Would Not a it Yeah, but I could see them doing it. If he went to RCR, I'm giving Kyle Busch the three. I'm not letting Austin and keep the three. I'm Oof. moving into the 8 You're going to some
0: people off. <laughs> no one's going to listen to our podcast after this week. Um, yeah, the pundits are saying that it's going to be a Chevy. The two front runners seem to be RCR and College Racing. Some rumors even saying that is going to buy out KBM in the truck series, mm-hmm. um, which would be terrifying. Or, I don't know, maybe not terrifying, but it would be interesting to see how well they develop, especially with their current only current full-time driver being Justin Haley. There's rumors that AJ Allmendinger might be in the next full-time car for colleague It's just a matter of if they can get a charter or not. And if it's going to be Kyle Busch or not, but, um, and you know, staying on the Kyle Busch train, um, I don't know if you guys saw it yesterday, but there was a lot of discussion on Twitter about Apple sponsoring Kyle Busch
1: because I, Kyle Busch I did see that. Um, about just hold on to go off that point. Do you remember like race eight of the season when they said they were working on getting a tech mogul giant that's never been in the sport before to sign with Kyle Busch? And they even went a step further in those reports and they said that they got a guy from Hendrick agency to help them out so they had someone cross lines from hendrick to go to joe gibbs to try and get the deal done and we have never heard anything about that since and i think most people chalked it up to like uh it fell through what if it never fell through the entire time and it's actually just been there and they just try to get the paperwork done and they wanted to make a crazy announcement after the playoffs when he's not racing for a championship contender anymore right i have no idea so holy that, shit. It, like, no one ever talked about it again. <laughs> like, why did we not talk about it? That's pretty big. Everybody was like, oh, maybe it's Windows, or maybe it's like I Yahoo. I said Windows. I did say I, Windows. I think you said Yahoo, too, because Christopher Bell is sponsored well, by Yahoo. So but they're a already in the news. sport, though. Yeah, but they were sponsoring another Joe Gibbs car, and they don't sponsor full-time, so what if they took the leap to full-time? Right? That could be an opportunity, but I'm not sure. I did see that, though, on Twitter about Kyle Busch. So something to think about. What was that tech sponsor he had?
0: All right. We, all right. This is it. We have to all take a guess right now. Who's going to be his sponsor in 2023? He's going to be in a cup car. Who is his sponsor? 2023. Alex, you have to go first. Sorry, dude.
1: Interstate Batteries goes full time. Ooh, they come back to the series
0: full time? Yeah. Last time they did that was with Bobby Labonte, correct? Bobby Labani.
1: I what could see them taking that, a one to two year flyer. I, I could see them doing that, right? A one to two year flyer because Cobbler doesn't have much um, skin left in the game. Let's be honest. So he's going to like do another couple, like two to four years. Maybe he wants to get into an ownership deal. So that's you. He could go somewhere else with that, but I don't know. I wanted to be a contrarian. So I said interstate battery as well. So that's that's my guess. Um, wow. I guess we'll let Hunter go next. Hunter can decide yeah. what his sponsorship is gonna be for k b
2: great um <laughs> God. that's a good question i mean hearing hearing you guys uh, I think it would be cool to see apple um I think that would be great for the sport, getting somebody new and have apple. so I'm going to i'm gonna double down and I will say Apple will join the sport in twenty twenty three I like this it. Is- this is a lot of pressure. So
0: my initial instinct was Coca-Cola. But Ooh, I, good I, pick, don't, good pick. Yeah, I don't think they would sponsor him. With well, he's not Rally, a co-driver, right? No, he's not. But Denny Hanlon is. Um, and obviously they just sponsored Denny. So I don't know what that relationship looks like. Only issue I see there is Rowdy Energy and Coca-Cola. I don't know if they would want to compete with another soft beverage company um, and how that would work or what that contract would look like for Rowdy. But um, if I can't go Coca-Cola, I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit. um, And if it is, if he goes to a Chevy, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be a media company. I think a it's going to be okay. a, a media company. I I don't know which one. I, I almost want to say like NBC sponsored a car. If they're going like full into the sport here, they've got a USA TV um, deal coming on and, and and they're doing more with uh, USA and their uh, network there. I mean, what's really preventing them from jumping more into the sport, getting a car sponsored. I mean, they do that mask NBC cutaway. Why don't they just put that on a car for, Real, I don't know, it, it might be unrealistic, but I think if he goes to a Chevy, he's there's a chance he runs an NBC car, um, which would be really cool
1: to see, in my opinion. But I mean, who, who the hell knows, right? That, um, I mean, that would be very fun, I think. And also, another point to bring up too with uh Hunter's pick with Apple. I think it would also be a very good move for Apple to get into the sport considering they've been trying to pioneer their Apple TV streaming and they've been taking MLB games under their wing and streaming other sports programs. So imagine if Apple got in and started trying to stream it to maybe segue into getting more fans in the sport, right? Which is something we can actually talk about in the next point here. Um, We did want to talk about, the viewership overall for the race itself in Darlington and then the viewership for the TV show of race for the championship on USA network. So I'll take Darlington's viewership numbers first, and then we'll get into the actual TV show. Cause I know John has some opinions about the TV show viewership. So I like to say that one for a second. Um, Darlington had 2.3 million viewers on Sunday night. First playoff race of the season um, that is down from 2.45 million from last year for the same exact race, right? They raced Darlington yeah. last year in the first playoff as well. So the ratings do take a hit for the first race of the playoffs, which is something I don't think many people expected. And it's hurting them for younger audiences. They still have one of the oldest demographics. I think they're literally second to golf when it comes to NASCAR. And they're having a really hard time getting younger viewership. And John and I alluded to it in our previous episode where we talked about, oh, a race for championship, that can be really good for us. Maybe we'll get some more people in. John, would you like to talk about the viewership numbers for race for the championship and how you're displeased with them? I'm
0: displeased with a lot of things. <laughs> I'm displeased with a lot of things. The race was a really good race. It's disappointing that it got you know, a decrease in viewership, uh, especially with the 43 car winning for the first time in 55 years at
1: Darlington. Um, and, to you the know, date, we got to start 17- What? To the date, September 4th, uh, yeah. 1967. And then 55 years later, September 5th, 2022. <laughs> yeah. Or September um, 4th, sorry.
0: So the USA numbers came out for
1: the um, – What's it called? Race to the Championship. Race for the Championship or Race to the Championship. I forget See, the, the problem is that The fact that we middle. can't even remember the
0: name as a problem.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, number two, 250K viewers um, for NASCAR or that series on USA. I, li- I actually really like the series or at least the debut episode. My issue, and I think a lot of other people's issues, which is probably why viewership was down, was the fact that there was a commercial literally every three minutes. There was three minutes of television and then three minutes of commercial for the entire episode. It was literally unbearable. I was I was literally – I was texting you, Alex. I was, I was yeah, so annoyed because I couldn't even like get into it. Like the commercial would like end. I would put my phone down, start watching. They would talk about Joey Logano for 30 seconds and his sexy-ass wife or whatever he has <laughs> or labeled his phone. And then they would go to commercial again. And it's like yeah. how do you expect to – Keep people engaged. If you're literally if half the show, just seems like a money grab. So if if it's a money grab, you're obviously not focused on building viewership. the The reason Drive to Survive was so successful is because you could watch a 50 minute documentary straight or a docu series straight. You could keep the viewers engaged. They were able to follow the storyline to a T. Um, I also think where they went wrong was starting with the Clash. I think they sh- should have started with the biggest race in NASCAR. on their debut episode and start with the daytona 500 instead of the clash um realistically loyal loyal nascar fans don't really care about the clash they want to hear the drama about the daytona 500 and how these drivers prepare for that so i you know maybe if they talked about the clash for 10 minutes and then segued into the into daytona it would have been great but i mean i i really feel like they wasted their debut episode and i think we're going to see viewership numbers drop even more this week, especially with the NFL um, kicking off on Thursday as well. So they're competing with NFL directly.
1: Um, Which will not get any viewership. They're not going to get any views from it.
0: It's just, what the hell are they thinking? Why? like, (laughs) Like they make this mistake over and over and over. And like, like why not have it on a Wednesday night? What's the difference? At least you're not competing with the NFL all season for their team. Yeah,
1: I don't know why they decided to choose Thursday when they knew Thursday Night Football was coming, right? Yeah. That makes absolutely no sense to me because Thursday Night Football is never going to end at 10 o'clock, first of all. That's when they air the episode, so no one's going to watch it. It helps nice. if they put the first episode on YouTube, at least. But as we check the numbers, there were only 37,000 views on the YouTube video. Yeah. So I don't know. How they can fix that scenario? I don't know if there's any ideas of um, how to get people to get into the sport. We've talked about it on episodes before, but it seems like they never want to do these ideas, right? So I'm not sure what they can do. Hunter, did you watch Race for the Championship?
2: I'm actually pretty upset with myself. I haven't watched it yet. See, there's another. Problem. I know
1: a very avid fantasy <laughs> and <laughs> fan and watches a race every weekend
2: most of you probably don't it. even know what were know you doing it. on thursday night thursday i i was working and by the time at I came, PM. well no i mean i, I work all day <laughs> and by the time i get home i just i just don't think about it um yeah i don't know maybe it would help i think if you're looking at the drive to survive how successful it was it's it's on netflix there's no commercials on netflix so it's easy to just watch episode and after episode after episode because there's there's no commercials and it's it's nicer. I think when it's on television, they have to do commercials. I don't think they have to do commercials every three minutes, but um, I think comparing them to comparing both of them from Netflix to not being on Netflix, I think that's your biggest downfall at the moment. Um, if you want to compare those, uh, if they could bring that onto Netflix or, or Hulu of some sort and eliminate commercials as much as possible, maybe you see more viewers. Yeah, or even something
1: like Peacock, right? Because it's an NBC owned show because it is um on USA network. Just put it on anything streaming and just get rid of the commercials. But obviously they catered it to be a commercial driven <laughs> show. Um, because you know they had commercials every five minutes and the way they cut the episode as well to make it so that commercials would actually fit well. I think another problem with it is a final point for me, is I assume there are more drivers showing up in next episodes, but it was really like a Joey Logano and like uh who is the other? Daniel Suarez. It was like a Joey Logano and Daniel Suarez show, which is fine. I don't like Joey Logano that much as a driver. Um but it's still fine, I guess. I did enjoy seeing like a little more about Daniel Suarez because he never truly gets the limelight on certain broadcasts when the race is actually going on. He has been getting better recognition because he's racing better, but I don't know. I feel like if they wanted to also get a little more traction, it was ideal to try and get as many drivers on board as possible. But again, the drivers had to sign off on that kind of stuff, right? A lot of them didn't want to do it. They didn't want the cameras in there. They didn't want potential cameras seeing like them cheating on the cars or whatever. I don't know what their motive is, but I think it would have been beneficial as well to get as many drivers as possible actually in there besides just like a two-man driver show. Kyle Larson was in it too, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I, just, <laughs> I mean, they're going to switch up drivers this week, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, Chase Elliott's in it and that would hopefully drive viewership. But like we said, it's competing directly with the NFL. So um, yes, it
1: is so I don't know gonna how, be- how they're going to pull that off. I mean, to bring more matters into a better limelight here for things that NASCAR is doing, right, which I think I think this is a great move by them, is it's not confirmed yet. They're making an announcement to, tomorrow, and I actually saw Denny Hamlin tweeted about it like an hour ago. He was like, ah, yes, the classic announcement before the announcement. So he always likes to troll and do that stuff on Twitter. But NASCAR is considering, and it will probably be announced tomorrow, that North Wilkesboro – is expected to host the 2023 NASCAR all-star race. I think this is a brilliant idea because it gives NASCAR that like field of dreams uh, feel, right? It's a very historic track. You get to have an all-star race there. So it's a race. that doesn't matter. It's just to get viewership. You throw 20 or 30 guys out on that track, a nice short track night where it has a very unique is it their downhill is on the front stretch i forget if the front stretch is downhill or not it's a unique track where the front track actually is a downhill i think and the back stretch has an uphill like very slight but it still adds a dynamic to it and it's going to provide that field of dreams just throw 30 of the guys on the track make them race for a million bucks it's going to provide phenomenal entertainment and i think it's going to help viewership at least somewhat in the middle of the uh, summer months to give more fans something to watch and have more exciting times. So, hopefully, you guys are in agreement. And I'm not the only man that's very excited to see North Wilkesboro on the uh, schedule again.
0: Yeah, I mean, super excited. Um, and I think it's indicative of a couple of things. I think it's indicative of NASCAR number one, terrified of Texas um, <laughs> because that all star race was god awful probably the worst race of the year. Um, Texas just right now, not a great track. Maybe hopefully when that surface wears down a little bit
1: more. And and hopefully it gets better, as you said, but also Hunter, if you want to catch up on points on me in fantasy, they do race at Texas in the playoffs. And I'm probably going to be really annoyed that entire time. So that's a good chance to get some points up on me because I hate Texas. I think it's the worst track on the circuit and it's just not fun. I can't believe there's a playoff race with it. I didn't even realize that until, like, it's, it's in the round of eight or something. I didn't even realize until, like, a couple days ago when I was checking my notes on Fantasy, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is really a playoff race. I hate this track. The All-Star Race is awful. I didn't even, I barely watched, I think. I didn't watch it at all. I, like, probably had it on for, like, the first stage or whatever and then didn't care. So, hopefully it provides better entertainment when we get so- to that point.
0: So one thing that good old Bob um, was actually talking about with Denny, well, I guess Denny was commenting on his thread, or maybe it wasn't Bob, I don't know who it was, good old Bob Hawker's over there at Fox Sports. Um, one thing I did see them mention was the possibility, okay, it's not really a possibility. I doubt NASCAR actually does it. I doubt Goodyear wants to do it. But they were talking about doing different tire compounds for Wilkesboro and making it a true, like, throwback kind of like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's necessarily a throwback, but um, doing different tire compounds so you could see different fall off. Um, and hopefully they do long runs there and they don't do these stupid little short runs like they like to do in the all-stars. I'd rather just see a race straight personally, um, right uh, especially at North Wilkesboro. I think that'd be really cool. But I, I think we're still a long way from seeing North Wilkesboro back on the actual points paying schedule um i think this would probably be a all-star one-off um but who knows i mean gateway is on the schedule right now and that was a pretty solid race this year so i I guess you you never know um but i i don't
2: know hunter what are your thoughts there so the the new tires i i think that would be great um if it works um i think nascar (laughs) needs to actually test everything uh the last thing you want to do is bring this new track that might attract a ton of viewers and ruin it because you didn't test those tires um i think it's it's great um i i'm intrigued i don't know much about it just yet but i'm already looking forward to that all-star race Uh, but it's got to be a good one you can't just ruin another one and then never bring it back
1: yeah i think that's a good point to like bring in like the tire thing of just like, I feel like you're trying to put too many eggs in a basket. I think you just need to make it strictly like just what the car runs all season, have them make a show out of the race, make them race for the million dollars. Like I said, that always provides enough entertainment for everybody. Cause the team wants a million bucks. Right. So <clears throat> I think throwing too many eggs in a basket is a problem there. And you just got to let them race it out and just have a good time and just let them do what they do best. And that's racing. So hopefully that goes on through that. Um, And we'll see what happens when the announcement is tomorrow. We'll have something to talk about next week if the announcement is actually um, that that is the all-star race. So um, I guess we can move on to the final segment here and actually going into the race that is coming up next week so we always like to talk about like who our contenders are our playoff standings reshuffled obviously so now that may change a whole bunch of what we thought about right so far i like to do a little humble brag here the people i said so far that i thought would make it to the round of 12 i've actually put themselves into the round of 12. bowman as my driver had a solid 10th or ninth place finish and he was running up front almost all day. Well, up front, meaning like top 12, essentially. He never went down below 15th, I believe. So he was able to point himself in and getting some decent spots there. Um, and Suarez is also able to get himself up there. So, so far, the two guys I thought that would advance out in this playoff shuffle have really helped them out. Chase Elliott has plummeted significantly all the way down to ninth, but he had that 35-point cushion. Um, Logano has kept himself very marginally up ahead, Um, And that was really pretty much the only shuffle was Chase Elliott, um, Bowman, Suarez. Boy, what? And Harvick, sorry. How am I Yeah, about Harvick plummeted all the way down to 16th place in 2016. um, But 2016 points, I should say. And he's going to have to prove himself at Kansas. I don't remember where he finished there last year. I have the stats up right now. Or sorry, earlier in this year. Uh, Harvick... I do not see him on this list. Oh, he finished 15th. So top 15, he's going to have some work to prove here when it comes to uh, Kansas this week. So the playoff shuffle is obviously going to change who we think is actually going to be some contenders this week, right? So I'm going to put it on the new guy here in the podcast, Hunter. I would like to hear, not fantasy picks or anything like that, but who do you think is actually going to be contending a little bit better in the round of 16 so far from those drivers?
2: Yeah, so I am riding Christopher Bell right now. Nice. Um, I th- I think he is driving f- just phenomenal. Um, I think he's kind of a sleeper. I think I think a lot of people don't really look at Christopher Bell and think like he might could, he could contend. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as of recently, his car is just coming to life, and he's just riding the momentum. So I would watch Christopher Bell. Um, I think also with Christopher Bell, just. I think the Toyotas will, will be fast. Uh, they were fast earlier this season. Um, they they made up the... They were four. They had five in the top six.
1: Yeah, to make that in perspective. Kurt Busch won at Kansas this year, Yes, early in the year. And then it was Kyle Busch third, Denny Hamlin fourth, Christopher Bell fifth, Truex sixth, and then Bubba Wallace tenth. So they had, what is that, seven drivers in the top ten? at Kansas. So obviously, right, you should be looking right away. Chris Affel is a great pick. He's kind of the guy I've been having under my radar, too. I picked him in Fantasy last week because I anticipated him to do well and paid off for me. I'm hoping he continues it. He's actually been the most consistent driver out of Joe Gibbs Racing this entire year. He's been the guy that actually has the best average finish, I believe, and he's just been doing really flying under the radar stuff. So, John, you got any... Contenders, you think that's going to shake up the field a little bit in Kansas, or is it going to kind of stay the same?
0: Um, you know, I yeah. Before before I say that, um, I just want to give a shout out to Mr. William Byron for proving you wrong, even though you said he was going to crash and burn. So I just
1: have to say that. Uh, and you know, it's funny when I said that. Guess who was in my fantasy lineup in the weekend? It was William Byron. Byron. Really I put him in. I was like, fucking, he's going to break his uh, dry spell. And he really did not
0: Well, <laughs> you know, I said last week that Kevin Harvick's going to have a great week. Uh, I'm going to stand by that, I think.
1: <laughs> what? What Was that a cop-out? <laughs> like, what? You, what you, like, about? doubled down on him, too. You were like, oh, he's winning Darlington. He's winning Kansas. He's winning all these things. And but here he is getting shafted by NASCAR.
0: <laughs> he, he can't control that. That's not on him. Um, what is on him is winning at Kansas and I think he's going to pull it off. But if you won't let me take that because you think it's a cop out or whatever,
1: um, definitely not a cop out. I'm, I honor you okay. for sticking to your guns. Then I, I'm sticking to my fun. guns.
0: He's <laughs> seven points below the cutoff line. He's going to point his way back in. He's going to have a first, a great first stage, put himself back in the playoff standings. He's going to finish second stage one, second stage two, gr- grab the win in stage three. Um,
1: I'll piggyback off this as well and give you some stats. Since 2020, 2020, 2020 in Kansas for Kevin Harvick, the first race, fourth is his finish. And 2020 for the second race was second. 2021, he then goes second and third once again. And in 2022, so far, he's only finished 15th. But his last five races, he's gone fourth, second, second, third, 20 or 15th. So stats will prove to you that I think it's still a very good idea to stick to your guns there of Kevin Harvick is going to go crazy.
0: I'm sticking with him. Um, There's no question that he has recently been one of the best drivers here. Um, And I think another driver, if I can pick one is obviously Denny Hamlin. He has amazing stats here over the last few years. Didn't he sweep Kansas in 2020, 2020?
1: Yeah, I think it was literally Kevin Harvick was the one that finished second to him both times or whatever. He finished fourth and then second, so he was pretty close. Because twenty twenty was the year it was of Hamlin and Harvick, right? So obviously Harvick was right behind Hamlin at that point. So yeah, I think it was twenty twenty where he swept. So um,
0: I think I think those two drivers are going to be well up there. I'm just really hoping Kevin Harvick rebounds from his issues. Um, but let's look at the opposite way. You know, we've seen some drivers have woes early. Uh, What's one driver above the cutoff line right now that you don't expect there to be be there after Kansas? Uh, I'm going to go with a
1: wild card. I don't know if it's that really much of a wild card considering his dominance last week at Darlington. Uh, But I am going to say the 18 of Kyle Busch. I think he will fall down to below the cut line Only for Kansas after Kansas. I think he will eventually make himself back into the round of 12, but I think he can potentially be another guy that has problems at some point in the race and will drop below the cutoff and then really have to salvage something at, oh, my God, what's the race that ends this? Bristol. Bristol, Saturday Night Bristol race. Yeah, and obviously, Kyle Busch is always fun to watch at Bristol, so he'll be pretty good to go there. So I think after... Kansas it's going to be Kyle Bush fighting for his life in the cutoff
0: fighting for his life
2: poor guy <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got um, I'm going to upset some people with this oh, pick boy. oh um, yeah but I'm going to say I don't know if he, he'll he be under the cut line below the cut line but it's going to be close I'm going to say Chase Elliott um, I think he is going to have a another bad race he finished 29th there earlier this season um, and even though in the last five races, um, he's got three top 10s and two top fives leading leading 100 laps, I, I just think he's going to have another bad race. Um, and it's going to put him either below that cut line or very close. Um, he's going to have to have a good Bristol if he wants to make it into the round of 12. Mm. I think that's also...
1: That was actually going to be one of the picks I was considering saying was Chase Elliott because I wanted to uh, stir the pot a little bit. Because I'm not sure what happened to him at Kansas early in the year. I don't remember. But it says in the stats that he did 264 laps out of 267. And that's why he got 29th. So I don't remember if there was a late race caution that came out and actually wrecked him. I don't remember Kansas at all. It was super early in the year. But that would be fun. John, do you have a negative? You made us go first. Now it's your turn.
0: Yeah. Um. I think. I think it's... Uh, I said Ryan Blaney last week. I'm going to switch it up. Um, I think Daniel Swords is going to have a hard time staying in the top 12 after this week. I know I was actually pretty high on him last week. Um, but, I mean, he's above the cutoff line. He went up one spot um, this past week. But he had a lot of good luck with other drivers having misfortune throughout the day. Yeah. Awesome Dylan had an awful day. Chase Briscoe wrecked out, correct? Right? He
1: didn't wreck out, but Chase he's- Elliott yeah, he T-boned him. him. Yeah. yeah. So he got I T-boned. Yeah. Did he finish the race? I'm pretty sure. Sh- I don't know if he finished or not. He's only three points ahead of Harvick in the playoff standings, and he's only six behind Austin Dillon. I don't remember right. if he finished or not. So,
0: But regardless, <laughs> um, Kevin Harvick had issues. Chase Briscoe had issues. Austin Dillon had an awful day, I would know, because he was in my fantasy lineup. Sindrick <laughs> um, had a... Average day, what do you finish? Like fifteenth, 16th, something like there. I'm not so, I'm
1: not high on Cindric. I think I'm he's just gonna high. he's just gonna stay in the same spot the entire time. And I think a lot of our friends in our fantasy league aren't grants because they don't like Cindric.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. Uh and and then I'm gonna pick a little bit of a wild card here and say that Chase Elliott's gonna struggle here again at Kansas. Um I don't know why.
1: I just feel that It's way. just a feeling. Maybe I should. What the take stats? Him out of, I should take him out of my fantasy lineup that you I have set already. Is what you're telling me give, me.
0: give me the stats. Give me the stats, stat
1: guy. I, I don't have the stats up for Elliot. I can tell you in the oh. meantime while you look it up. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll transition to some fantasy things here. I don't have a full lineup set, obviously, but as we talked about, I'm obviously going to be targeting Toyotas like crazy unless they show me something different in practice and qualifying, right? I'm going to. Even target like a guy that's on the playoffs, like Truex, because that would be fun to have a use out of him and not actually use a playoff driver. That would be great for a fantasy purposes. So take notes. Uh, I probably will target Christopher Bell again because it worked out for me last week and I hope to see something happen with him. Not sure how I feel about Kyle Bush since I said he's going to crash and burn and <laughs> these round of 12 or the round of 16 Kansas. So I'm not sure. Denny's a guy I can look at. And then, honestly, I'm really not looking at Fords like at all because their Kansas speed wasn't really the greatest. I think the best Ford that finished was 11th, and it was surprisingly Austin awesome. Cindric, and then it went to Blaney, and then Kozlowski, Harvick, and Logano. So I'm not that high on the Fords. So fantasy-wise, I'm really targeting Chevys and Toyotas, and hopefully that pays out for me.
0: Yeah, um looking at the stats on Chase Elliott here. He has um last four races, three top tens here and two top fives. So I might have been wrong, but you know Yeah, I you feeling. may be a little wrong. It's an they intermediate have
2: a gut, gut feeling.
1: Come on.
0: They gut feelings <laughs> have done me right. They've done me right. Hunter, who are you targeting? You guys have a big race. I'm 300 points back. I'm basically
1: out of it. Don't Hunter even got worry about me. Dunked on, by the way. Had a great 140
0: week. points last week. Yeah, that, I, I that's got tough, a,
1: John. I got a 60 point lead for the viewers. So I'm doing okay. I'm not going to talk a big game yet because we're still nine races to go and i don't want to jinx myself like john did last year because he was up by like 100 points it was like 90 something points and then he lost it all in the end and tied i'm coming back
2: i'm coming back (laughs) so hunter 35 points so i will i'm gonna start with this i just want to make sure um john always remembers the uh smack talking he did last week came to bite him in the butt. Um, I did I did put a good whooping on him. Um, Alex, I'm not I'm not worried about you just yet. I'm just worried about whooping on John. Um, makes me feel a little bit better, especially when I live with him. Um, but I will be targeting the Toyotas as well. Um, probably more than likely, Denny will be in my lineup again. Uh, Christopher Bell will be there. And I think I'm going to take Ross Chastain. I think he's mm-hmm. going to have a sneaky good race. Um, hopefully a clean race that would be cool to see but i think he'll be up there um those those two don't um happen in the same sentence unfortunately <laughs> yeah, unfortunately <laughs> uh, and then this this should make you feel good alex i think i'm i'm gonna i might target bowman uh, he had a top 10 finish. He did have a top 10 finish here. He's on my radar. And he he he's, he's there last week. He's in my garage. Um, I want to see how he does in practice and in qualifying. And I think that'll be my final decision, whether or not he makes it into, into my lineup. Yeah. And
1: Chastain finished seventh here earlier in the year. So it's also a pretty solid Chevy pick, I would say.
0: It doesn't really matter who I say, because they're just going to have an awful day anyway. Um, But not to piggyback off of a lot of what you guys said, um, or picked, rather. I'm going to go with... Um, uh, I mean, you guys know I'm picking Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. I've already made that pretty clear <laughs> throughout
1: the episode. Um, well, like we said, we're not worried about you. So yeah, You can obviously. pick whoever you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> um, another
0: driver I'm targeting is actually going to be William Byron. Um, yep. I mean, <laughs> it's just... I I hate it. I don't want to pick him, but he has good stats here. He had a
1: good run last week. I mean – It's almost all the Hendrick drivers except Bowman have good stats here. So, Dude, it's impossible. It's I'm literally going to have an awful weekend. I think something for you guys to also consider, and if anybody else listens from our fantasy league or anybody else that listens for fantasy purposes, I feel like most of you probably didn't use Kyle Larson last week because of all of his troubles and you kept him in the garage – probably maybe a good time to deploy him. If you still have five uses on him, you got nine races to go. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) You can probably use Kyle Larson. He finished second here earlier in the year. So he had a decent car. He was right behind Kurt Busch. There was only aggressiveness or something that he bumped into a wall a lot in the middle of that race, but he still managed a second place finish. So, I don't know. Kyle Larson will be in the cards for almost everybody because I'm guaranteeing most people did not use him because of his troubles last week. So I think he should be on your targets. So
0: while we're on the topic – or not on the topic, but before we finish our show, and since we have three people here, I want to do something fun. I want to do okay. something. Fun. I We're – I uh, – I don't know how to explain this, but we're each going to draft four drivers, right? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, four yep. drivers. What happened, Alex? So, a change of topic. IKF just hit a grand slam for the New York Yankees. It's his third home run of the season. <laughs> Sorry, Dude, that's on, my guy on the background. So I got I, I, I lost him. Sorry, I'm going to um, I'm going to put the game on after we finish so four, drivers. four drivers, four drivers. All right. I'm ready. Four okay.
0: So we're going to pick four right. different drivers, right? You can pick any driver you want. You could pick someone um, that's awful if you really want to. But how? here's how this is going to work. We've got nine races left in the season. OK, mm-hmm. we're going to average those four drivers points at the end of the season. So if they make it to the round of four, they're going to have, what, 4,000 points or something like that? Ridiculous? Yeah. Okay. If they don't make it to the round of four, well, they only score three or 2,000, whatever it comes out to. I don't I don't know what the exact playoff standings look like. But we're going to take those four drivers at the end of the season and see who drafted the best lineup for the final nine races based on that. Um, this is going to be a snake order draft. So if you pick third, you also pick fourth.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Um,
0: but we're going to need to figure out a way to pick who is first because I, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but um, I'm thinking of a number one through 10 in my head, the closer of you two gets to go first.
1: Uh, one through 10. Yeah. I'm betting seven. Okay. What are the
2: odds? I was actually going to pick that number. Um, <laughs> I will, I'll take four.
1: The number was
0: one. Hunter is closer. Uh, boo. Ah. <laughs> All right, good. so Hunter, you go first. Alex, you goes. Do you want second or third, kid? I'll take second. Okay, I'll go third. All right, who are you picking first, Hunter? Who's your first overall pick in our right. kind of? It's like almost like an NFL like fantasy draft kind of idea. But you know,
2: who are you going first? Final you nine can, races. What do you got? You can write down uh, Denny Hamlin for me.
0: Whoa! He goes Denny Hamlin as a championship favorite, practically. All right, Hunter Confer is taking Denny Hammond. I gotta write this down. All right, Alex, what do you awesome. got? Oof. All right, that's a pretty respectable pick there. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the golden boy, Chase
1: Elliott. Nice, 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 nice. Even though with my something.
0: first first round pick. Hates and then face. I get a sneak back here, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a driver. I probably shouldn't I know who I I want
1: next It better not be who you say
0: I'm going to take him anyway I'm going to take Ross Chastain Yes, it's not the guy I wanted (laughs) Who do you got?
2: Redick Ooh, Ooh, that's a a good good pick pick. That's a good pick That's a good pick Thank you, thank you, thank you Who do you got, Hunter? I will take uh, William Byron Ooh, ew I hate that pick I like it I think he's coming to life
1: you get to go again now, right, Hunter? Because yeah, he
2: so. Back. Um, I will also take a guy that I think will make it to at least the round of eight. I'm going to take Christopher Bell. hmm
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take next. Give John some ample time to write, and now I'm going to say it. I am picking Joey Logano as my Ooh. third driver. Huh. Uh, John's going to shafted with picks right now. Yeah, Absolutely I'm like, shafted. <laughs> I
0: mean, this is my last two picks. Um, I think you guys missed a big one, Kevin okay. Harvick.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, because he, you're very high on him. So obviously, you're like, huge, "Oh, he's going to be good." Huge
0: on Kevin Harvick, um, and then you know, Joey Leona was a good pick. Um, oh god, I hate this. This is it gets hard, it gets hard when we get down to the nitty but it um, does. It does. I'm gonna have to go Ryan Blaney just because he has a 20 point cushion on the cut line right now.
1: Nice, nice, nice. He's gonna be my final driver. <clears throat> I'm going to go for who I feel like I have to go with Toyota. I haven't picked a Toyota yet. I have one Ford, two Chevys. You gotta even it out. Even though I talk bad about him, I'm going Kyle Bush, because, like I said, he may not have a better Kansas, but he will have at least a decent stretch going in to get to at least around a 12, 8, and potentially 4.
2: Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Who do you got, Hunter? So, it's in between two people. I think. I think I will take Alex Bowman. Hell yeah, Bowman train, Bowman train, Bowman train. <laughs> I'm high on Alex Bowman right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep riding it until, until he upsets me in a few weeks, which I know he probably will. Hey, but uh, I'm gonna go my with the only goal for him is to make the round of twelve. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he could at least upset you after that, and hopefully it works out. So here's
0: who we all got. As a reminder to anyone who doesn't want to play it back, Hunter, you drafted Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Alex Bowman, Alex, you drafted Larson, Reddick, Logano.
1: and I forgot to write down your fourth driver. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank what you a phenomenal you. lineup of four drivers, by the way, I must say. Might even be the championship four. How hilarious would that be? if actually <laughs> <is the> championship <laughs>
0: <four>? <laughs> Mine are Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Kevin Harvick, and Ryan Blaney. Oh, my team
1: is easily the best. I'm sorry.
0: To no break. way, That's dude. Cool. <laughs> no way. I've got Chase Elliott, who he had a rough week. I'll admit it. And I'm pretty low on him. I'll admit it. But he's currently ninth in the standings. Chastain, who's eighth in the standings. Kevin Harvick, who's below the cut line, 16th. But he'll make it back. He's fine. And Ryan Blaney, who's sixth in the standings. Alex, you've got Larson, who's in seventh. Reddick, who's in fifth. Madonna, who's in first, Koblish who's in 11th. That's pretty stacked, I'll give you that. Denny or Hunter, you've got Denny who's in third, William Byron who's in second. You know, Hunter just took the it's three of the top four, dude. Yeah, he did. Damn, was just a read on the list.
1: you was like, "I'm just gonna look down it real quick and pull it up." That's oh my is. god.
0: All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the TED on Entry Raising Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Hunter for joining us. It's gonna be a great week here at Kansas. NFL starts on Sunday as well. Got a lot to watch. Alex is uh, giving us a little peace sign, um, kind of. And uh, I hope you all have a great great day. Catch you guys next week.